you duck under that tree, you can see an old brick building with a gray, gray wood addition behind it. That's a, that building is Inge's Grocery Store. Inge's Grocery Store from the late 19th century was the uh, black-occupied, black-managed grocery store providing provisions for most of Charlottesville. It's the only commercial building on what was the commercial zone of Vinegar Hill that was not leveled. Okay? So from Inge's Grocery Store all the way through, do you see the white cupola on the horizon? The white cupola on the horizon is the cupola on Lane High School. It's now the county office building. So exactly in the space of the three high schools of the city of Charlottesville, uh, from Lane High School all the way through the Omni Hotel, and you can just barely see the OM of the Omni, the whole footprint of the Omni Hotel. That was the Vinegar Hill neighborhood. The Jefferson School stood at the bridge between Star Hill and Vinegar Hill. Star Hill is on a higher elevation. Vinegar Hill is on lower elevation. The vote was taken in 1960. Within months of the integration of these schools. The vote was taken in 1960 and by 1964 that work was being enacted on the urban infrastructure of Vinegar Hill. Hundreds of houses, a church, and 29 businesses were leveled as a result of the decision to engage in urban renewal in that year. Urban renewal is the taking of bulldozers and leveling everything in its way, right? It's the seizure of land by eminent domain, by a government institution, for the um, prospect of urban uh, improvement, right? Now, it's important for us to recognize that this is actually a progressive ideal in this period. Urban renewal is about improving the well-being of everybody in the city. That's the language of urban renewal. Um, Vinegar Hill has at this end houses that look just like the houses that we've walked through in Star Hill, right? But as you move down the hill, you get to what was called the bottoms. And the bottoms was the washout zone. All of this rain would run down a big creek that's now McDonald's parking lot. That was called the bottoms, and that was filled with shanties shanties and the houses adjacent to them that had never had water, power, or sewer. Now we have to recognize that the fact that this neighborhood didn't have water, power, and sewer was actually a conscious choice made by city planners when neighborhoods, and particularly black neighborhoods, petitioned for the investment by the city for those infrastructures, they were denied. So the city is making choices to enfranchise some neighborhoods with water, power, and sewer, and not to enfranchise other neighborhoods with water, power, and sewer. Yet in 1960, the city government makes a choice to level this neighborhood because it doesn't have water, power, and sewer. Right? It's unhealthy, and it's unsightly. And so it's in exactly the same moment that the housing project that we now call West Haven was built to accommodate all of the people who had been forcibly removed from their houses by eminent domain from Vinegar Hill. Now, some families who owned their houses were able to relocate to other districts of the city. 
but a big chunk of these houses were occupied by tenants, African-American tenants, and they were all removed to West Haven. And so if at city council meetings you hear and feel the anger of residents of West Haven, you get some sense for where that anger is coming from. The city has been unjust. To the, and keep in mind, this has happened in the 1960s. The older residents of West Haven were born and grew up here. And the painful legacy of that is it was leveled in 1964, and this building is the first building to be built. And it wasn't until the mid-1980s. So this zone stood as a vacated scar of mud for 20 years. Eminent domain presupposes investment. We're going to take this property because we're going to improve it. Charlottesville failed on that second part. They took the property, they relocated the families, they demolished 29 businesses, hundreds of homes and a church, but they never made any investment. So that African-Americans who are walking around the city are walking by the heart and soul of one of their neighborhoods that was leveled with no plan. No reinvestment. We talked about Preston Avenue. That's happening in exactly the same moment. Preston Avenue is an extension of this clearing system. And so when we talk about wealth differential, the average black family in, in America today has one-tenth of the aggregated wealth of the average white family in America today. That is not, that's not about wages. That's about aggregated wealth. That distinction, one-tenth, that distinction is a result of systemic racism via education, property ownership, dislocation, healthcare access, all of these, all of these factors compounding, ultimately delimiting access to the American dream, intentionally and structurally.